Hello and welcome to Dad Pod. I'm Charlie Clawson. He is Osher Ginsberg. We are two geriatric fathers. <laughs> we are men who came to fatherhood late in life, and now we're doing this podcast because what are, what else do white middle aged men do but start podcast. podcasts? <laughs> uh, if you listen to season one, uh, you would have heard the story of Osher and I experiencing childbirth together. Well, not together, but uh, re- relatively simultaneously yeah. the, within the same month. We decided with this second season, we wanted to revisit that whole experience, but perhaps with a a more circumspect attitude, we can look back at the whole pregnancy period and and pick up the lessons we learned and hopefully deliver some more facts like a delicious Snickers bar that is packed with peanuts. We're hoping that this season of Dad Pod will be packed with facts. And that we will really satisfy yeah. I mean, again, not sponsored by Snickers. We keep giving these shout-outs to brands that are not sponsors of the show. No, but we'll take your sponsorship dollars. Please get in touch with Acast. You can find them. <laughs> We're more than happy to take your sponsorship dollars because in this time, we're recording this in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, if you're listening to this in five years, you know uh, what happens next. But right now, we did want to talk about the stuff you're going to need to have around the house when baby comes. I mean, if you've probably thought about a little bit the kind of stuff you're going to need. Mm. But, you know, there is an amount that you will need to buy, but there's also a fair amount that you're going to inherit. Well, let's just reel off a few of what those things are. So you're going to need clothes. You're going to need toys, various kind of play pens, uh, cribs and bassinets, snuggle beds, baby furniture, strollers, bathtubs, high chairs, a travel seat, a car seat, potentially a travel pram as well. There's quite a lot to think about. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Baby carrier, the uh, the strap on or the wrap, whichever one you want to go to. Baby hats. Baby bouncers. Baby bouncer. There's so many things. But, But honestly, in the first few weeks, all that stuff will come. But if you're still expecting, I think you're definitely going to want, like number one on the list is the baby capsule because you're going to have to get that baby home from the hospital. Oh, yeah. Which was something that I didn't really think about at the time. And in, in, in becoming a father, you're like, oh, I can no longer just call an Uber or a taxi. <laughs> like suddenly there is a small life that is dependent on me having the proper uh, safety measures to get them transported. Yeah. We went for the capsule that the baby was, it was only for a baby. It wasn't one that could swap from back to front. Mm-hmm. In hindsight, I think I would have preferred to go down the option that you went to, which you went, I believe you went for the one that starts backwards, but you can move it forwards, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Well, we actually did both. So we had a baby capsule that was just for babies installed into our car, but we also bought a reversible uh, rear-facing, front-facing one because we were traveling so much. And it's like, well, if we get a hire car, because we made the mistake of our first interstate trip using the hire car company's car. Yeah. Turns out those guys don't really give a shit. They don't know the difference between a newborn, an infant and a toddler. They just put a seat in the back like, yeah, she'll be fine. I mean, the first hire car we got, the guy basically gave us a roll of gaffer tape and said, she'll be right. <laughs> so we learned pretty quickly that we needed to get our own baby capsule for traveling. Now, you may not realize this, but whatever car you're in, if it's been manufactured in the last 10 years, in your back seat already, 
there are things called isofix anchor points. So oh, is that what they're called, right? Yeah. So in between where the seat belts go, where they kind of vanish if you push them down too far, if you run your finger along between where the horizontal area of the seat is and the vertical area of the seat is, you will find a little hook. And baby seats actually come with these things. Now, I wasn't confident in first installing the baby seat correctly, so I got Audrey to take it down to the guy. There's there's a bloke down mm-hmm. the road who does these things, and she said, oh, yeah, he literally walked into the car, spent 97 seconds, and went, there you go. <laughs> it's 100 and something bucks or whatever. Yeah. So there are ways to do it. I, I didn't trust myself to do it right the first time, so I was grateful that someone who knew what they were doing put it in, and then every time we had to take it out and put it back in, I was able to, to do that. But that, that's definitely the number one purchase you're going to have to think about, most definitely. Nappies. Very, very important. You can't have enough nappies. You can't have enough baby wipes. You're going to need a change table. Mm. You're going to need a change table. But bear in mind, all of these things have a shelf life because the baby very, very quickly gets way too big for them. So if you are someone who lives in a community, chances are someone around you has had a baby recently and all these things can be handed down to you. Yeah. I mean, that's the beauty of it too, is that A lot of these people have these things and sometimes people have spent quite a bit of money on these things. And so once they're done with it, they're very reluctant to just give them away or sell them. So they're quite eager to give them. We scored some great stuff. We got a baby carrier. We got a baby bath. We got a change table. We got a snuggle bed, all from friends of ours who had kids who no longer needed them. And so in hindsight, we were like, maybe we made a smart decision by waiting longer than the rest of our friends to have a baby because we have reaped the rewards. There are a few things on that, however, that, I mean, we got a, a bunch of stuff, which was quite handy. However, we also did become, and I'm probably going to become, you're going to get in trouble for saying this, Charlie. Okay. We became the dumping ground. Oh, oh. oh yeah, pl- have this. And then we got all this yeah. shit that has followed us from apartment to now where we live in this house and I'm like we have never used this thing once and now we've got it it's been clogging up this hallway like we're never yeah. get, ever going to use it also clothes really important to understand Wolf has had clothes you think oh this is great I'll buy this he looks so cute in it one week later he's too big for it mm. so hand-me-down clothes you may think oh I wouldn't wear hand-me-down clothes why would my baby wear hand-me-down clothes get the hand-me-down clothes because yeah. they literally, they're sometimes only in them for a week or two, and then they just grow right out of them. When you do get the hand-me-down clothes, those Ziploc bags that you can vacuum tight, really, really good. So you get the hand-me-down clothes from relatives, friends, Gumtree free, Facebook free, whatever it is, wash them, launder them, dry them, and then put them in those Ziploc bags. Because when you suddenly realize, it's just, you wake up one day and like, oh God, they don't fit anything at yeah. all. I can't actually get them dressed because nothing here fits. You don't want to have to then do a wash. You just pop it out and pop it on. I mean, I think the thing with all this kind of stuff too is like you don't want you, – you, it needs to be a balance. Like, of course, there's economic realities and you don't want to be like, you know, spending way too much money. But you also want to have the joy and the fun of picking these things and imagining what your kid might like. I mean, for instance, the thing about baby clothes is – I fell in love with all the little mini rock T-shirts. I mean, Iona had like a Beastie Boys tee and a Ramones tee and an Iggy Pop tee. And I knew that these things would be good for three months tops. But that is part of the joy. So I think, you know, if you want to view it as a way of like being 
fiscally responsible but also not denying yourself the joy in kind of this moment is you want to do a bit of both. So maybe go online and there's the great thing about it is if you do a lot of your shopping online and let's be honest, in this day and age, that's all the shopping you're going to be doing. It's really easy to get discounts. A lot of these um, baby specialist stores will do online sales and so Gemma has alerts set up. So whenever there's like a baby bunting sale or a pure baby sale or whatever, she gets an alert and she's straight onto that and then she's bang, bang, bang and she gets Iona some new stuff. When it does come to the shopping online, I know we just talked about this in season one, but it's worth, it bears repeating. You can also do what we did, which is find the really lovely thing that thing that's like, holy shit, that's some really beautiful Swedish baby furniture there. Mm. Oh, fuck, it's $1,600 for that <laughs> thing. Go on a gum tree, go and find it. How shall I put this? Only buy it from a suburb that is sort of kind of in the upper socioeconomic area of your city. Yeah, (laughs) or at least one that vaccinates its children. Yeah, at least. I found, like, honestly, I found like a $1,600 crib for 200 bucks cash. And the baby had been in it for a year. And this particular family had looked after it perfectly, perfectly. And so we got all this S-T-O-K-K-E as the brand, Stocky or Stoke or whatever you call it. We got all this stock furniture that we saw and went, wow, this is really beautiful. It's wooden. It's great. It's kind of that Nordic design. We love that shit. Oh, crikey. It's a couple of grand's worth of stuff. Got Mm. it all on Gumtree. Got it all secondhand. And it's absolutely cracking. We did talk about nappies before. And I think you don't want to be under any illusions as to how many nappies you're going to need. (laughs) Okay. You may go, oh, yeah, I want to do the right thing for the environment. I'm going to have the reusable nappies. Okay. Here's some hard facts for you. Is this Osher talking to himself? I believe we had this conversation. Yeah, we did. Here's some hard facts. You are going to change your baby's nappy between 10 to 12 times a day. So one 24-pack is going to last you two days. All right? That is an absolute fact. If you're going to do cloth nappies, that's how many cloth nappies you're going to need because you're going to need time to wash and then dry every single one of those. We have a few reusables, which are really handy but they do need to be out in the sun to do the sterilization part. That's the design of the, that, that they use, which just brings the, the ability to use them day to day to day a, a little too tight. So Audrey found the cleanest, no plastic, no everything, most recyclable, disposable nappies she could possibly find. You can't get them in stores. They get mailed to us. They're really good. We get a big box once a month and they're ace. So be under no illusions as to how many nappies you're going to need. You're always getting nappies. Like, you really are. You're always going to be nappies. You also will need a baby steriliser. We found the microwave one to be really, really handy because you just whack it in the microwave for four minutes and there it is. You don't want to be boiling and letting some sort of heating element come up to speed. That's going to be a drag. Well, you know what? It's funny because we were on the road so much in the first few months of Iona's life and we did buy the Tommy Tippy, whatever it is, steriliser. Mm-hmm. Which is great and everything, but when we're on the road and I just had to make do with whatever hotel room or apartment we were in, I went back to sterilizing in boiling water. I went online and read that, you know, five minutes minimum for sterilizing bottles and teats and all that kind of stuff. And there's something about boiling it in water. It dries so much better. I understand that you can get more stuff into the sterilizing machines and they're just they're equipped for that you know high steam impact but it takes some ages to dry if you are in a rush here's a little life hack here's a little dad hack for you get a pot of boiling water and that stuff once you've done that five minute sterilization it will dry in about two minutes and you can pack it straight away wow Charlie Clawson with this deep knowledge. I actually have delivered a useful fact. It's only taken one and a half seasons of this show. I'm straight to the, let's just get the podcast awards on the line. Hang on. Yeah. 
<laughs> Straight truth. <laughs> Straight truth from Charlie Clawson. The other thing you're really going to go through heaps of is the maternity pads for your wife or partner, whoever's nursing, because mm. what they don't tell you is that when you're feeding on one boob, the other boob goes, oh, we're feeding? Great, and just starts to leak. Okay, so you can either collect that. We have a little sucker collector thing that goes on the other boob when Wolf was on the one boob. But she has to wear these breast pads like every single day. So you, you go through squillions of them. We get the bamboo ones. We get the ones, again, the ones that have the least possible impact that we can possibly have. But that's, that's one of the disposable things that you're going to go through a lot of that and baby wipes. You're going to go through a lot of them. You're going to need a baby bag. That's the other thing. I would thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly recommend a backpack. A lot of baby bags are just a, a one-strap situation. Honestly, the amount of times that you bend over to pick the baby up off the floor and that, that one-strap thing just falls off. And, 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 and when you're trying to get into the parents' room at the shopping center and you're trying to wrangle all that shit, backpack, it's the way forward. It really is. In our very first episode in season one, uh, we had Merrick Watts on where we talked about strollers oh, and we God. went through all the different kinds of strollers. <sighs> and there are so many to choose from and it really just depends on what you think you're going to be doing this stroller. If you're a person who's going to be doing a lot of like walking and you maybe you want something that's a bit more robust. If you're someone who does a lot of traveling, you may want something lighter. From my personal experience, we found that having a uh, big sturdy stroller in the house, one that is done for our day-to-day -day walks and that kind of stuff, has been fantastic. We live in a very hilly area. There's a lot of uh, roads to traverse, different surfaces to traverse. So you want something that's the equivalent of a four-wheel drive. You want mm. the stroller equivalent of a pathfinder. <laughs> you mm. want to be able to just push that thing across grass, concrete, sand, whatever. But what we found surprisingly helpful was, again, because we're on the road so much, is we got the Yo-Yo travel stroller. Now, the great thing about this thing is that it folds up to basically the size of a handbag. You can walk it right up to the entrance of an aeroplane. So if you're someone who will be traveling a lot with your kid, it's worth considering because you don't want to be carrying that big, heavy, you know, Pathfinder stroller around the airports. You're going to have enough stuff to carry with you as well. But this little yo-yo travel stroller is fantastic. You can take it from wherever you arrive at the checkout to the gate right up to the plane. You can fold it up. It goes into your overhead luggage and then it just folds up neatly and goes into the, the boot of your car. And it's saved our lives. That first three months, it was so useful. And it comes initially with a baby capsule that you can sort of plug in and out. And the thing, I don't know how they do it. I would like to speak to the engineers of this thing, but this baby capsule is so sturdy and uh, safe when it is unfolded, but then folds up origami style into this tiny little neat little handbag size thing. Even though we had this whole discussion in the first season and I was adamant that the upper baby Vista was indeed <laughs> the only stroller I would ever need, Charlie. We went and got a yo-yo. Yeah. I, I didn't heed the advice that Merrick said. Merrick advised us to, to buy right once, don't buy wrong three times. <laughs> and I started doing some research, just field research, where I would see other men pushing a yo-yo. And I say, hi, you don't know me, but can I ask you a question about your stroller? And they say, yes. I say, do you have a bigger, more expensive stroller that you never use? <laughs> now you have this? And he goes, yes. Or they go, I have two. Or they would say, every yeah. time, every single time. Now, when you did say, when you talked about the walks around, that is the same thing. We have, we're running a two stroller situation, okay? We do have the bigger one. And we say if we're going to go down 
you know, the park for a little walk, we'll, we'll throw him in the bigger one because there's enough underneath there. You can do a whole shop. You can do shopping, exactly. Underneath there. But in this day and age, he's not going to the grocery store right now. It's social distancing <laughs> right now. Wolf's got no, he's not going anywhere near the supermarket. But back when we could shop around and there was other people around, I would often just go shopping with the big stroller. But the little stroller, the yo-yo, tip top. But again, these are things that babies grow out of pretty damn quickly. So your yes. chances of picking one up, because you, you're going to be out a couple of grand pretty quick with all this stuff, because you are going to need every single bit of it. You can't put the baby to bed on a beanbag and mm. use paper towels and a few hand towels you nicked from the Country Comfort Hotel. You're going to need nappies. You're going to need wet wipes. You're going to need all this stuff. You, you really are. You're yeah. having another person move into your house. You wouldn't expect a new flatmate to show up and not have any furniture. Yeah, if you and if you do go secondhand for a stroller to save a bit of cash, just make sure that the stroller you're buying was made after 2015. There are some fairly stringent safety guidelines with these things. For instance, with a car seat as well, can't buy a car seat secondhand. You just don't know what it's been through. You mm. don't know the strain that's been put on the straps or anything like that. But strollers as well, the recommendation is that after 2015 is okay to buy. Oh, because like what, before that, the safety standards were a little looser or because if it's over five years old, then you just don't know what's been done? I'd say uh, without going further into the research, because I don't have that information in front of me, I'd say both. Right. Okay. Well, that's fair enough too. But if the stroller's five years old, chances are that it might've had a couple of hundred thousand, like an old, like an old yeah, Kingswood. Yeah, it's like that you know? scene in Ferris Bueller's Day Off when you leave the Ferrari at the garage. <laughs> you don't know what's been going on while you're not looking. Maybe someone took that stroller out for a drive around San Francisco, flew it over a few hills. It was Chicago. And how good, oh, shit. how good is Ferris's mate in succession? Connor. He's fucking amazing. He's always going to be Cameron to me. <laughs> He's always going to be Cameron. Now, when it does come to, obviously, people that you love will want to show their love for you by giving you things and buying you things. And one of those things will be toys, baby toys. Mm. But we're living in this world now where plastic's probably not ace. So you want to, like, what's some toys that you can get which are as safe as they possibly can be? Now, there are plenty of toys, as Charlie mentioned, with prams. There's plenty of toys that have been on the market and then something went drastically wrong and then they have been recalled. So it's worth it to just check, you know, has this toy been recalled? Does it have a bit that baby can rip off and shove down their throat and choke? Because <laughs> it might very well have been the case. But if it's, you know, a toy that's been sitting on someone's shelf for a little while and they're re-gifting something from their own baby shower, which does happen, mm. that's fine, you're going to want to check. There's a few labels to look for. Look for the ASTM International label. That's the, the label you're looking for to make sure that a company abides by these international codes of manufacturing for baby toys. The other is the code F963. That is the mm. other code to look for when you are buying a baby toy. It's much like when I buy a bicycle helmet or a motorcycle helmet. You have to check to see if it's got this particular ISO standard on the back of the motorcycle helmet because, you know, you can buy a motorcycle helmet from anywhere in the world now. But if you get pulled over and you don't have this particular ISO on your motorcycle helmet, you'll get a ticket because it's not manufactured to the safety standards that Australian laws require. So similarly, um, you want the ASTM international label or you want to find the code f 96 Three. You also want to make sure that that label that is on the toy is PVC free. I know there's a lot, a lot to work on, but you can just tell people, like, say, look, you know, we're trying not to have plastic toys. Wolf's got plenty of wooden toys, plenty of bamboo toys, plenty of natural rubber toys, rubber just decomposes. Oh, while we're speaking of natural rubber, one of the most popular toys you can ever get for a baby is Sophie, the little Sophie. chewy giraffe. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be the first to tell you. Do not ever, ever, ever immerse Sophie in water. If you're going to wash her, wash her only on the outside. 
Okay, never ever let water get in the little hole. Don't put her in the dishwasher. Don't immerse her, whatever. Sophie's fantastic and cute on the outside. She is a breeding ground of mold on the inside. <laughs> we washed Sophie and then we put her on the drying rack and there was, and this is after Wolf's been like, <laughs> just like gunning into it, you know, trying to get his gums a bit of relief. And we're like, what is this green shit everywhere? Oh, Jesus. It had been oozing this kind of green. Yeah, I know, right? It's so oh gross. Oh, my God. And then I went online and I looked and there's all these photos of people cutting their Sophie giraffes in half. Holy just shit. Because they've immersed them in water and the water's gotten on the inside. Uh, they're totally, perfectly fine. If you don't get the water on the inside, perfect, brilliant. Because it even says in French and English and whatever, it's like, do not immerse this in water uh, because it's a French design. <laughs> but yeah, don't put Sophie in the bath. Sacrable. Do not uh, put uh, Sophie in the water. Sacrable. So that's also something you can ask where people are going to buy you toys to say, look, just give us some sort of cloth toy or a wooden toy or a bamboo toy, please, because, you know, plastic never, ever, ever decomposes. Yeah. And also keep in mind that with all this excitement about buying stuff for your kid, chances are they're not going to notice the difference between any of these toys. So keep it simple. Don't buy too much. Big, bright things, things that they can chew. That's pretty much what you can expect in the first six months. I know you want to get them an Optimus Prime. I know you want to get them the entire Death Star or whatever. Don't worry about it. No. Just get them something, a couple of soft, cuddly things, a couple of chewy, rubbery things, and a couple of big, bright red things. That's all they need. While we're on things to chew on, and I might, I'm, I might be going a little over the top here. Yeah. But don't discount the pet store. What? What are they? It's the same company, the same factory makes the same shit. Right. That makes the baby toys, that makes the dog toys. All right? Yeah. You want something that can really hold up to a baby's chewing? Get a chew toy. Get a kid a Kong? Is that what you're saying? Dog, you can get a Death Star chew toy. You really can. So you actually, if you want to get them a Death Star, you can get a, a rubberized dog Death Star chew toy. Just wash it really well like you would wash any other piece of plastic. And yeah. away you go. You know? I mean, fuck it, Osh. Just get your kid a tennis ball. <laughs> I mean, well, why not? There's, oh, there's a, a border collie around the corner who's such a fucking fiend for the tennis ball. It has swallowed one whole <laughs> Had to get it removed surgically. Oh my god! Maybe don't get your kid a tennis ball. It was ball. then this particular border collie was then recovering from surgery with a squillion stitches down its front. There was a bloke around their house doing work on the pool. Pulled back a tarp, found a tennis ball. Oh, unreal! Threw it at the dog, swallowed a second one. <laughs> second surgery. That's the point where you go. I love my pet, but this is expensive surgery. <laughs> How much do I love them? Pet insurance. Pet yeah. insurance is paramount. Shall we give our, uh, our guest dad a call? Let's get him on. Hello, Ed. Hello. Ed Cavalier, it's great to have you on, on the show. Have you recovered from the brouhaha of the Dancing with the Stars finale? Yeah, 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 yeah. Thank you for bringing it up. Um, <laughs> allow me to use this platform to again reiterate how happy I am for Celia that she won. It's the first time a comedian's won anywhere in the world, which is a fantastic result. And there were two comedians uh, in the finale. But, I mean, I know what you're really asking, is it rigged? And I, it is. It's deeply rigged. And, you know, and that, that's just something that we all have to learn to deal with and move on with our lives. Now, Ed, I've had a couple of uh, mates who have done Dancing with the Stars. And one thing they have all said is that 
the weight just drops off you like you wouldn't believe from all the cardio. Did that happen for you? Well, the only thing that put me in a position where I could do it is that I'm already relatively fit. And so my dance partner, Georgia, who is the best at it, I got given the very, very, very best dancer. She won with um, Jamie Johnson last year. Is I said to her, I'm unco, I've never danced, but I'm fit. So I can get it wrong more times in a day than your average bet. So if someone can get it wrong 10 times, I can get it wrong 50 times. So I lost a little bit of weight, but what I really did do was get reintroduced to my feet. I'm six foot five. Like my feet and I are in a long-term relationship, but we're also in a long-distance relationship. Like I haven't seen my feet or used my feet for something in a long time. So that was really good because it changes the way you deal with your body. Yeah, so fail your way to the top is the advice to everyone out there, right? <laughs> just make as many mistakes <laughs> as it takes to reach the finals. If you've got no talent, just try and gut it out. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like a domestique, as you would know, if you're in the Tour de France. I was uh, Celia Pacola's domestique. You know, you, you ride hard up the Pyrenees and then vacate so that she can win the stage. What a perfect analogy. I'm very grateful you did that. And plus, you're chock full of the EPO, which would have helped a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah, got you. I mean, look, <laughs> let's be honest. You don't get to where I got to in life without being absolutely stoked to the hill. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, Charlie and I have been chatting a bit about the things. I mean, Dad Pod is all about how can you best prepare yourself, mm-hmm. I guess, for the birth of your of your children. We did the first season while we were expecting our babies, and now the babies have arrived. We've gone back. We're doing another lap, a victory lap of the actual maternity. And we're talking about the things that you definitely absolutely need to have in the house, in the lead up to baby arriving. Yeah. When baby was uh, coming down the uh, the horizon towards you, what are some things that you and Tiff made sure that you needed to have in the home? Well, you know what it's like. You, you, you realise just how ill-equipped you are in that you don't have anything that you need. Not, not even your spoons are right. So you have to get, you know, you go to prams, obviously. You go to somewhere for the baby to sleep. Baby monitors become very... Uh, important, but what struck me, boys, and I don't know if this struck you, is how quickly baby technology moves. So, when we had Arnold two and a half years ago, or Tiff had him up, but I was there, by the time that Tiff's sister had a baby about a year later, all the baby monitors had been upgraded and they were all Wi Fi and Bluetooth, and ours was just, you know, like a just an old school, you can hear it cry, so you go in. I mean, I don't know about you, I was shocked how quickly the baby technology. It's cutting edge. And you know what's going on too, don't you? Like Big Baby is keeping all that technology locked <laughs> yeah, in a safe. They've had that technology for yeah, years, big, but they're just eking it yeah, out, big. eking it out, so we're all forced to pay for the upgrades. <laughs> yeah, they've actually got a noise that actually puts a child to sleep, but they don't want us to know about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Did you end up uh, getting a lot of hand-me-downs too, Ed? We were the ones that were doing the hand-me-downs because no one else of Tiff's friends or our families and stuff had had the baby. So we restarted the cycle. So we started the cycle and we're doing most of the hand-me-downs at the moment. So are you are you just offloading things as soon as you find out people are pregnant or expecting you like, oh, brilliant, now we can get rid of the extra crib that we, we just don't need? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. The first thing that goes is I reckon the thing that, Sterilizes the bottle. Yeah. The, the oh, yeah, we just discussed the that. Yeah. The sterilizer is so enormous, and I burnt myself on it so many times <laughs> that I reckon that one of our Tiff's friends had just said that she was going for a walk with her husband, and I was like, great, you guys are pregnant, you can have this. <laughs> 
Was there anything that you wished you had when you came home with the baby that you then had to go rush out and go and get? Is there anything like this? Absolutely, you must have this one thing. Yeah, your blackout blind. They're not expensive, but a blackout blind. If the baby's going to be sleeping in its own little room, to make it extra dark. We didn't have one of those we improvised with towels, but then we got one. They were like super cheap on the internet, and it was just been awesome. It's just made, that made a huge difference. Ed, did you, uh, were you tempted at all to visit Gumtree at all? Was everything a brand new purchase or did you, no, 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 we did, did you some, browse the trading post for anything? We got some furniture um, from Gumtree and then we since sold some things on, is it Facebook Marketplace or whatever it was? But yeah, no, we went to the well a little bit because as you know, baby tax is the same as wedding tax. Yeah. They, as soon as they see you coming and they can tell first-time parents from the look in your eye, they are fired up in the in when you go buy new. <laughs> so you're, you're paying through the nose because, oh, my God, you know, you don't have to have this, but it would. You know, if you want to be a good parent and make sure your baby has a good life, you know, it's up to you. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, if I was to start my life again, you'd want to be in a industry where guilt and, you know, fear are your two mm. major factors, you yeah. know, because it's just, it's just, they just got you. They got you where they want you every single time. I got upsold on a teething toy purely out of yeah. shame. When I was looking, I asked the attendant for some help. She said, well, you could buy this gel-filled teething toy, but that's the common yeah. teething toy. If you, if you really love your child, <laughs> you're going to go for the one that's twice as expensive. <laughs> Which I bought, yeah, I, and I don't think my baby has used it once. In fact, has rejected it entirely. That's funny, actually. I ended up with one that was ivory. That's how fun. That's how hardcore <laughs> I went. <laughs> I don't know if we should be doing this. I'm like, well, you either care or you don't. You know what I'm saying? When it comes to toys, were there things that some people gave you that you were just like, oh, I don't know how appropriate that really is here? Yeah, there's a someone in his family has given Arnold one of those little electric cars that he's far too young to use, even still. <laughs> so it just sits in the corner of a room and he uses it. It's so meta. He drives small cars that he can drive on top of the big car that he can't drive. <laughs> but it just sits there. Like, it's like, it, it, that, that is the one. That, that was the one that was too advanced for him. And then it's like, you know what I want to be teaching him to do? You've got all the imagination in the world, but I'm like, yeah, you know, you could do that or you could learn to be useful for Uber Eats when you're two years old, you know? <laughs> Well, it's a growth industry right about now. Well, that's very true, actually. I might need it. I actually might need it. <laughs> and, Ed, did you have, uh, in terms of strollers, did you have more than one? Uh, Osh and I were just talking about the fact that we have our uh, our sturdy sort of four-wheel drive one, drive it anywhere stroller at home. But then when we travel a lot, it's good to have like a little collapsible, like fold-up yo-yo type thing. Did you guys have more yeah. than one stroller? You've hit the nail on the head. It's exactly what we have. We have the three-wheeler one that you go around with. And yeah. what I did is when I was having, when, you know, we were about to have Arnold, I sent a message to two of my mates that had had a baby recently and just said, hey, guys, what's the best pram to get? Didn't tell them which one I was thinking of. And they, they all independently sent back the same recommendation. So that was the one we got. And then the thing that you're saying, Charlie, too, which is very, very true, and I am plugging them because it is true, but the yo-yo is the one that they let you put in the overhead cabin on an aeroplane. 
back when we used yep. to be able to fly. That's a yep. key advantage. Yeah, we covered that. Charlie was the very clever one out of the three of us, and Charlie went – he went yo-yo first. Yeah. Yeah. I foolishly have went – went, we went and gotten the other pram that we thought, no, 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 we'll be fine, and then we ended up getting a yo-yo as well, even though I was told before Baby showed up, just get the yo-yo. Just get the yo-yo. I know. I know. Don't you want to be the first? Actually, you know what? Here's something for you. I turned 40 last year. I don't drink. I don't do anything else. I don't really like loud music. I don't go, haven't been in a nightclub, and I'm intensely boring. But I did go to a beta with my high school friends for a group 40th. And it was essentially just because they needed a designated driver, like back in the old days. And when we were there, one of the people that we, you know, it was a huge group of us from various places, one of them was from the Swedish family that invented the baby Bjorn. Oh. Oh, and my God. Yeah. And we were talking to her about it. I said, how did, you know, how did your grandmother and grandfather invent it? And it's the classic story. So just wandering around Stockholm and thought this swaddling thing that I have is ineffective. I'm going to go home with some Swedish ingenuity and bang out this thing. And any baby that would be born, they would rush over there and go, hey, you know what, try this, try this. Well, yeah, so I guess the chap would be better. The chap would be better. Could it? The chap would be better. Okay, great. And then literally like a cottage industry in their backyard came up with baby Bjorn. Yeah, but Ed, how many babies did they have to lose before they perfected that design? <laughs> oh, thousands. I mean, thousands. I mean, they, 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 wouldn't, they wouldn't say, but I mean, it was a small price to pay. You know what I'm saying? That thing really worked. <laughs> Ed Cavalier, it's been so great to have you on DadPod. Thanks for taking time out of your day, brother. Really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you, me, for having me, gentlemen. You're doing God's work, and for our uh, Scientology friends, you're doing Xenu's work. Well done. <laughs> nice to speak you. Thanks, See you, Jeb. Bye. <laughs> Oh, man. Osh, we get to the my favourite part of the show, which is the Tadpod Hall of Fame, where we get to induct another iconic father figure into the Tadpod Hall of Fame. As is tradition in the last couple of episodes, I'm just going to throw you a name. I'm going to see if you can place it. If I said to you Henry Jones Sr. Come on. <laughs> That's Indiana Jones's dad. That's correct. Sean Indiana Connery Jones. in Raiders of the Lost Ark and the Last Crusade. Yeah, I mean, he's only in the Last Crusade, but yes, he is uh, this week's dad pod entry into the Hall of Fame. He's an academic. He's a more cerebral father. He's maybe a little bit detached, but he did teach his son some important lessons. He's uh, fluent in Latin. He teaches him to have good manners. And most important, he teaches him that a penitent man must kneel. <laughs> He does. Which is a huge and life lesson when your son is about to be beheaded by a giant spinning blade. It is. He also teaches him, son, I may be old, but don't think I can't try it on with a lady that you thought you had it on with. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, if there's one flaw in Henry Jones Sr.'s game is that he may have slept with the same Nazi that his son did. Yeah, well, they're Eskimo brothers. I mean, they're father-son, but also Eskimo brothers. They've both been in the same igloo. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> uh, so, Henry Jones Sr., Dad Pod salutes you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us on this episode six of Dad Pod as we work our way through the nine months of pregnancy, this time with a little more breath than we did last time because we were just basically live blogging the experience. Next time we're going to speak, we're going to talk about the second trimester, which is from 12 weeks to 24 weeks. And for many, I know it was the, the way for us, this was the kind of most enjoyable of what we could do. You know, this is kind of where Audrey was definitely feeling the effects of being pregnant, but it wasn't so bad that it was inhibiting her. Yeah, in the words of uh, Will Smith and Martin Lawrence and Bad Boys, this is when shit gets real. <laughs> 
Couldn't have said it better. Talk to you next time. If you need to uh, ask dadpod at gmail.com or you can find us on Instagram, dadpodgram. Charlie, good luck tonight putting Iona down and um, I will take your luck for Wolf and he's he's in the middle of teething at the moment. So Well, we're in the same boat then. We know that we will not be getting much sleep tonight. No. So uh, until next time, me and Caffeine will see you. Uh, until then, go to bed. 